This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Biden administration is setting a long-term zero emissions goals for federal buildings and vehicles. A new executive order sets 2050 as the deadline. The General Services Administration is already putting plans in motion, not waiting for the Build Back Better law now stalled in Congress. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me with the latest. And Jory, what does this EO expect agencies to do to get to so-called zero emissions? There's a couple of lines of effort in play here. The EO directs agencies to make the federal building portfolio zero emission by 2045. So that's very much on the General Services Administration's plate there. That's going to be things like making buildings energy and water efficient, as well as making them resilient against climate change. Another line of effort here is agencies transitioning to 100% carbon pollution-free electricity by 2030. At least half of that's going to have to come from locally supplied clean energy sources. And the third major line of effort here is that the federal fleet of vehicles, all new purchased vehicles, will have to be 100% zero emission by 2035. And even closer, the deadline would be 2027 for light duty vehicles. So think of cars, SUVs, and pickup trucks in that regard. And for agencies to get there, they're actually going to be putting together a zero emission fleet strategy that will look at some of these goals. Sounds like this is a kind of heavy lift for agencies. Can they get there? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because GSA, we've seen them really move the needle on making a lot of buildings, at least in the National Capital Region, LEED certified. You know, new construction, we're seeing a lot of these innovations in play. But in terms of everything that we just described previously, it seems like the federal fleet line of effort here is going to be the biggest stretch, just considering that less than 1% of the federal fleet so far are electric vehicles or zero emission. And last year, agencies only bought about 200 electric vehicles. So that's a big uh, gap for agencies to fill. Now, of course, they would get some financial resources to make up for that. The Build Back Better Act is you know, in play in Congress right now. It still needs to get through the Senate, but it would give the Postal Service $6 billion to invest in electric vehicles and charging stations, and it would give the General Services Administration $3 billion to purchase electric vehicles for the rest of the federal government. And it would also get an additional $3 billion to improve the energy efficiency and reduce the carbon footprint of federal buildings. I can see a lot of good surplus cars coming onto the market pretty soon if you're in the market a couple of years. And who's going to oversee all of this progress that is allegedly going to be made under this executive order, Jory? So pretty soon we're going to see guidance come out from the White House's Council on Environmental Quality as well as the Office of Management and Budget. And once that guidance does come out, that'll give agencies about 90 days to set targets for all of these different efforts that we've been talking about here. Uh, we'll also see the Federal Chief Sustainability Officer, someone that we haven't heard from a lot, but that is Andrew Mayock, who's a former Deputy Director for Management under the Obama administration. And below him, there are actually at least 50 Chief Sustainability Officers at the agency level as well. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And what are the green building projects the administration has already going? There's a lot of activity already, as you mentioned. Yeah, the administration's not waiting for this uh, Build Back Better to pass Congress just yet. The General Services Administration and the Energy Department recently announced that 
they will be spending $13 million on 17 federal building projects. And they are really going to be working at these goals that we've been talking about. As part of this work, GSA is also going to accelerate the development of some sustainable technologies through its Green Proving Ground project, which is something that's actually been around since 2011. But they try to serve as an incubator for these kinds of green energy technologies. And GSA has actually fielded 23 of those technologies in federal buildings, and they're uh, a best practice for GSA. And we heard from GSA Administrator Robin Carnahan recently explaining how this green proving ground program works. New and innovative companies can test out their new products and services in federal buildings. And by doing that, they are able to then scale up and sell uh, in the private sector. And so we want federal buildings to be able to be a laboratory for these new innovations. And a case in point, as you're reporting, is the new Carrollton Federal Building. Jory, what's going on there? It's a great case study of what GSA wants to do more of and what GSA has already done. In the recent past, the new Carrollton Federal Building, which houses a couple thousand IRS employees, it went through some retrofitting actions. And it now reduces the energy consumption of that building by about 62%. It cut the water consumption in half. And in terms of dollars and cents, it saved the building about $2.5 million a year in operating costs. We actually heard Carnahan speak at the New Carrollton Federal Building, and she gave an overview of what went into that renovation. We tackled systems building-wide, looked at energy, looked at water consumption at every angle, and we upgraded and modernized the heating systems, the cooling systems. We switched the, all the lighting in the place. There are 10,000 LED lights now that are, have smart controls on them, and they have motion sensors. We installed solar panels that we saw some of those today. And also what we didn't see was the geothermal underground that has really changed the energy footprint as well. That sounds pretty cool. I remember when that building was brand new, as a matter of fact, and have been in it, but it was a long time ago, so good for them. And this then is the template that GSA at the moment then sees for all federal buildings? Yeah, they see it as a great case study, and they'd like to see more of it play out in the future. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. 
uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up. Uh, make decisions. Uh, do what you think is right. And you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I, I took command of my first ship 
uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. <clears throat> Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, WAPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.